wonderful good morning to you, Henry. Wonderful good morning back to you. How's it going? <laughs> it's going great. We're back with another episode of Curiously Polar. My name is Chris Marquardt, and with me is Henry Paul Wolf. And we are, um, yeah, discussing things very north and very south, um, from the Antarctic to the Arctic. And uh, we'll stay in the north this time with an episode on... Uh, I, li I like this title, Ice and Flames. Ice and Flames. What do they have to do with each other? They are very close connected, even though it's uh, not that obvious, because for us, usually, the Arctic is associated with uh, eternal silence, permafrost, infinite snow, mm -hmm. um, flat expenses... And we really don't see that there is volcanic activity. But um, in reality, those uh, diverse landscapes include um, deserts, rivers, hills, mountains, and even volcanoes. And that's exactly what we are going to talk about. The vast Arctic region's volcanic activities. Cool. Let's dive in. Yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated by volcanoes. Um, living in Iceland, this is like the the place to be when it comes to <laughs> the interaction of um, fire and ice, as it's called here. I've only once uh, stood at the rim of a volcanic crater, of an active volcanic crater. That was in Ethiopia. Ethiopia. And it was just one of the most impressive things I've ever experienced. Um, there you can probably see um, the active lava lake in yes, there, right? Yes, you, 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 you can go. That's what it's called Erta Ale, and you can walk up to the edge, and uh, 10, 20 meters below you, there's this uh, 50 meter diameter big uh, lava lake, yes. And it's hot. So you brought in your German bratwurst and... Uh, <laughs> On a long stick, and then, and then I, <laughs> I poked it inside, and boop, it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't even try that. I just, I just, I was just um, um, in pretty much in awe of the. Well, you, you, it gives you a bit of a look at the inside of our planet, and indeed, yes, that is indeed. just so fascinating and so dangerous. And it wasn't too, too dangerous because the Erdale hasn't been hasn't been acting up in eighty years, so um, it was kind of it's it's kind of benign, but. But since you since you have an open uh, an active lava lake, it is active. It's an ongoing eruption. That's oh, what they say um, in in geological patterns. And it it's changes. An ongoing eruption. And that specific one changes its lava level. Sometimes it's eighty meters below uh, ground. Sometimes it's just five meters below the edge of the basin. So it, it it is alive. It is like a you get the you get the feeling of the planet being a living and breathing being. Indeed, indeed. And that's actually exactly what I love about um, those volcanoes. You actually see how crust is formed, um, mm -hmm. uh, the earth crust. Uh, usually that happens on uh, on the bottom of the oceans uh, with oceanic crust. But uh, in Iceland, we, we can see that very, very clearly. Um, how many volcanoes are there in Iceland? Are we like talking active about, ones. We're talking about 36 active volcanic systems, Whoa. and um, those volcanic systems have a lot of uh, central volcanoes and smaller vents. So we're talking about much, much more volcanoes. But the the question is also, and we have to be very careful on that, and we might just make another episode just on volcanoes on Iceland, is um, what is actually an active volcano? And in a geological term, an active volcano is considered to be active when it erupted in the past 10,000 years at least once. 10,000. 
Okay. 10,000. Yeah, that's not like very the much end of the last glaciation. Right? <laughs> Pardon? Not very much on a human scale, then. No, it's not very on a human scale, exactly. Uh, I mean, um, the volcanoes surrounding Reykjavik, they are, um, have a history of uh, being erupted in 5,000 years or 3,000 years ago. Um, that's considered short, um, a short period. So, um, even this is not in, in, in human history, not even in the settlement history of Iceland. So that's, uh, that's definitely a different, different story here. But um, we should probably do just one um, podcast just about the um volcanism in iceland because this is a very vast topic i probably will talk for hours about that but um let's focus a little bit further (laughs) (laughs) exactly let's uh focus for the moment a little bit further north in the high arctic and this is probably a little less unknown because when we talk about high arctic we usually think about um svalbard uh, greenland probably franz josef land um but what we usually don't see are those volcanoes because they are most of the times a little bit hidden. Uh-huh. And some research expeditions from uh, various countries, they have uncovered um, a few um, volcanic systems in an estimated 27 million square kilometers area. And there are a lot of secrets still unveiled so um we just have a basic idea about what's going on there um and let's start with um one in norwegian waters between um the norwegian coast and um uh and and Medvigi island in in the Barents sea um it's called Harkon Mosby and that's an underwater mud volcano so that was discovered in 1995 by a Norwegian US expedition um, aboard the ship Harkon Mosby. So it how, was named how do you, how after do you that. Cover something like this. Sorry. Um, when you start research in in a certain area, to for example, um, to to just um, track the topography of the of the, of the seabed, then. Um, something like this might just come up and a geologist look at a, a certain pattern and think, wow, that looks like a volcano. Um, and then they're digging uh, into that a little bit more into detail. And that's something that actually happened uh, very recently. I will come to that a little later. Um, located at around 1,250 meters depth, this volcano is about 1,500 meters in diameter. So it's uh, almost... Um, wow. 1.5 kilometers um, in, in diameter, which is not not very large. Oh, really? To be honest. Okay. No, 1,500 meters in diameter. Um, we have um, calderas in, in Iceland. The largest one is 22 kilometers okay. in diameter. So that's a it's a rather small one if the whole volcano is just 1,500 meters. But as I said, it's a mud volcano. It uh, it spews mud and gases with uh, methane accounting for over 99% of the emissions. So methane is the most dominant um, emission by this volcano. Um, Those eruptions, they last typically uh, several days. Um, They have quite some earthquakes going on and and, and rumbling. Um, You have big underground noise for that. Um, But although volcanoes are much, much weaker than the fire-breathing counterparts, we we used to um, think about when we talk about volcanoes, they can inflict damage when letting loose as well. So that's um, something we always have to So the, the Hakon must be, I'm just looking at it, it's, it's, it's right between Norway and Svalbard. 
Um, exactly, almost halfway. Or actually, yeah, and it's it's the same route that I've taken a couple of years ago when I sailed with the Norderlicht from Norway up to Svalbard. So yeah, it's like the most common route up to Svalbard. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's right under that. So I was sailing mm -hmm. over uh, over a, a volcano and didn't even know it. Now you know. Now I know. You should take That's, a second journey. Yeah, I should, and then. What would I? I'd probably not 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 really notice anything uh, looking down because there's fifteen hundred meters of water between us. Exactly. So that's quite um, <laughs> a lot. We won't. We wouldn't see much. No, you wouldn't see much. But um, I, I kind of. When when was it discovered? The Hakon Mosby. Uh, Ninety five. Ninety five, which still shows us that a lot of the seabed is still not really charted or fully discovered we we do not know there a lot a about lot. The, the deep seas in on the planet we know a lot more exactly. about about the uh, space than we know about uh what's our going own on planet under us yeah yeah, yeah um, i completely agree there's a lot of white areas in the deep sea and uh, we will see that when we go through the arctic and talk about those volcanoes um even further then uh, we see that there is still so much uncharted there and just the term uncharted is um it's this is this is one thing that really blew my mind when i began looking into the arctic and when i was on a ship around greenland for the first time and we went into areas that were uncharted which yeah yes. which it, which basically means you don't have a sea chart for the area you don't know how deep is the fjord or the yeah. sound or whatever you're going in exactly you, you have, just to, have know to sound your, yourself exactly you have to have your tools you have to have your sonar and all, everything that that helps you navigate in uncharted waters but the simple fact that on this planet we still have so many areas that are literally uncharted um but still within reach of us is just mind-blowing to me because in the age of gps and satellites and stuff you would think that every millimeter of this planet has been charted but that is not the case yeah i completely agree mind-blowing totally mind-blowing at least for for a newbie like i am <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing about this but for me this was like whoa this was a big wow yeah no, I remember when I first um, sailed into uncharted waters. I was also kind of what? What do you mean uncharted? Um, yeah, don't you don't have a map. map. <laughs> you, you, you don't know where to go. Oh, we know where to go, but we don't have a map for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go then. <laughs> well, and then of course, in certain areas, for example, like around Greenland, you uh, everything is kind of uncharted because you have islands, big islands made of ice, swimming around you that are. Totally, and it's totally unpredictable, right? changing. It exactly. changes all the time. The coast changes yeah. all the time, and yeah. But let's hop back to the um, yes. to the volcanoes. Um, yeah. What's the the northernmost active volcano you um, could recall? Uh, don't ask me. I'm not a volcano person. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a volcano person. We have to turn you into one. Yeah, you um, do, do that. That's your job for now. What is uh, always connected to Svalbard when it comes to uh, geographics? You always have uh, a double name connected with Svalbard. Eh. Isn't that the island of Jan Mayen? Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes. That's a, it's a very tiny island uh, between Iceland and, and Svalbard, Hawaii, almost. And the center of that island is um 
a stratovolcano, a very typical stratovolcano, 2,085 meters above the sea. And even larger because it starts so deep in the ocean. And um, this volcano is named Berenberg, meaning Bear Mountain in, in Dutch because the polar bears were sighted on the slopes in the late 17th century when this was discovered. Um, <coughs> stratovolcanoes are... They have a, a a very high conic profile, so really look like a like a cone. That's kind of the classical volcano we have in mind when we think about volcanoes. This one, however, is uh, covered with uh, glaciers, and it's made all out of several uh, interchanging layers of hardened lava and volcanic ash layers. That's what a typical stratovolcano is made of. Um, the volcano was considered dormant for quite a while until it erupted in the 1970s. And the last eruption was recorded in 1985, so it's not that long ago. Actually, in the same time, there was a long... Between the 70s and the 85s, um, there was a long volcanic episode in northern Iceland, which um, just comes to my mind r right now in the system of Krapla. So there might be a connection um, in there, because Berenberg is actually sitting straight on the um, mid-Atlantic ridge, between the continents, because Jan Main is part of that as well. So we have a, um, a highly active volcanic activity under that um, mid-oceanic ridge, which is the reason why Iceland exists, actually, and it's also the reason why Jan Main exists. So we have some activity um, in the area, and the volcano itself made the island of Jan Main, and that's pretty amazing, isn't it? The, the, the island that just pops out of the sea which again bear related uh polar bear related um sim similar to <laughs> sorry no, <laughs> no. i like that you picked up this fact <laughs> which which is which i find interesting because i'm just seeing the parallel to bjornoya between uh norway and spitsbergen or svalbard so um they're both kind of polar bear related and volcano related Indeed. i'm not sure is bjornoya um Is that uh, volcanic? No, um, it's not. The is. Um, How is that pushed up? It's it's just by tectonic of, activity, or yeah, it's it's part of a much much longer um, history. So Bionoya and uh, Svalbard they are undergoing. Um, it's it's a it's a very complex uh, system of. Uh, you basically can cut through time in uh, and see pretty much all. Um, of Earth history in 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 Svalbard um, and Bjorn Oya just um, originates from one of those episodes, much much older. Oh, I see. So that's 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 not um, active volcanism in here. <laughs> so, so, sorry for there. sorry for taking us off the volcano track again. Let's get on it again. That's that's all right. We could. Uh, there is the list of um, coming up topics getting longer. Yes, and we're longer. just adding new the geology episodes of Svalbard. Yes. <laughs> so that's the next one. <laughs> Make a note of that, please. <laughs> so that's uh, that, that's the two active volcanoes we have um, in in the in the Arctic, but we have also um, three so-called underwater ridges, which is not a single volcano, but uh, um, a ridge where you have a lot of vents going on, and they can have a very explosive temper, especially when we um, see, for example, the Kolbeinsay Ridge, which is um, in the north of Iceland. 
And there is a small island called called Kolbensay, uh, a hundred kilometers north of Iceland. And this is like the continuation of the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, which passes through Iceland. And it continues under the, um, under the sea surface and forms a mountain system there. And Kolbensay Island, for example, that um, was 700 meters long in 1660. Um Erosion has taken a lot of it, so it shrunk to only 42 meters in 1805, 1985. So uh, over roughly 350 years, it has lost 660 meters on size. But um, it will. The, this island will submerge at a certain point in the 21st century. Um, that's something that's um, pretty obvious, but you still have a lot of ongoing underwater activity. And very recently, we can see that there are some earthquakes compiling uh, around that ridge, uh, which could give an, in, an indication that there is something going on, that there's something building up. And probably a submarine eruption is probably building up a new island there. And we can witness something that happened uh, in, in, in 73, 1973 in the south of Iceland, where... Um, uh, the island of Sirte was just emerged out of the ocean through an um, eruption. That's uh, pretty amazing. Um, another ridge we have in the Arctic Ocean is the uh, so-called uh, Lomonosov, Lomonosov Ridge, yes. Um, and Lomonosov Ridge is um, very close to the North Pole. It stretches 1,800 kilometers between Ellesmere Island in the Canadian Arctic Archipelago and the New Siberian Islands. So it's crossing um, the Arctic Ocean, pretty much. And when you look at the um, topographic of the seafloor, this is the reason why Russia claims a large part of the Arctic seafloor. Because it is part of the continental shelf stretching from Russia into the Arctic Ocean. Oh, okay. This, however, is um, an active volcanic mountain ridge. So we we have a, a ridge sixty to two hundred kilometers wide, and it towers between three thousand and three thousand seven hundred meters above the seabed. So the surrounding seabed is. Three and a half thousand kilom, uh, three and a half thousand meters lower than the ridge itself. Wow! So it's a it's a big mountain range. Yeah, that's uh, something we always have to keep in mind. The the depth beneath the ridge are near nine hundred and fifty four meters. So it's a thousand meters roughly under the sea surface. Wow. So that's a it's a big big thing to um, to see there. Um. We have volcanic glass crystals at the foot of the ridge. That's uh, something that was discovered through um, expeditions. Volcanic Bruce... glass crystals? Is that, is that obsidian? or Obsidian is volcanic glass, indeed, yeah. yes. Um, so that's a quick-hardening lava fragment. Yes. So uh, as soon as you have um, lava cooling down very, very quick, then you have... Um, the possibility that uh, volcanic glass is just um, created. Uh -huh. And this is something we can uh, find down there. And this proves the ex existence of an active volcano. So that's not that old. Then we have another one. 
and a uh, particularly fascinating one. It's called the Gackle Ridge, and uh, that's named after a famous oceanographer, Jakob Gackel. Um, he discovered it and was the first who um, compiled a bath- uh, bathymetric map of the Arctic, so like the seafloor bat. And um, this is located, uh, located between the eastern tip of Greenland and the Laptev Sea, with a, a, a bigger focus um, closer to the Laptev Sea. Um, this mountain system that um, features nearly power ranges and many mountains consisting of volcanic rocks. So we have a big um, complex system here. In 1999, um, a series of um, very powerful underground tremors was recorded um, near that mountain range. And that was the first time that um, something like that ever was recorded. So that was the driv- uh, driving the the intent, uh, the, the attention to there. Two years later, the first expedition left um, for the epicenter of the earthquake, and at that time, um, they could only prove the existence of submarine volcanoes um, while also recording new earthquakes. In two thousand and seven, um, the third expedition went out there, and um, they covered um, or they, they traced a volcanic activity over an area of almost 10 square kilometers so that's a large area um and that was surprising the scientists that wasn't wasn't really um expecting that um but what surprised them the most was that there was an eruption taking place four kilometers beneath the sea surface um usually those eruptions or similar eruptions are usually recorded not more than three kilometers down. So there is something um, that usually is connected to the pressure to uh, pressure um, down in the sea. And um, by that, we usually see that only up to three kilometers depth. Here we could see that down at four kilometers. So they were really surprised finding something pretty amazing. So um, out of that, this is, by the way, one of the uh, better researched uh, mountain ridges or volcanic ridges in, in the Arctic. Um, those scientists, they suggest that there might be a huge chamber filled with uh, carbon dioxide formed over the lava um, beneath the seabed. So there CO2. is a magma chamber. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. There might be uh, a magma chamber and on top of the magma chamber, a CO2 reservoir. Let's hope it stays down there. Pardon? Let's hope it stays down there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it would definitely react somehow in a way. Um, yeah. The lava itself that contained uh, ten times more gas than previously observed uh, eruptions in underwater mountain ranges. So you can see there is a highly enriched lava process um, there. The gas eventually left the red hot magma layer and filled the chamber. And in ninety nine, um, a series of earthquakes tore that chamber apart, sending gas and magma to the surface and littering the uh, vicinity with uh, fragments of the chamber's roof. So we have proof of um, of that just by those little fragments. And according to the experts, this chamber was um, several kilometers beneath the seabed and gas and lava fountains apparently reach an altitude of at least 2,000 meters above the seabed. Mm. So that's quite a power in there, 2,000 meters above the seabed. That's quite something. So in all those um, data, 
on those um, um, Arctic oceans, deep sea volcanoes, they are they have been collected by scientists, of course, using the top notch equipment. So it's it's a it's very remote and a, a very dangerous to go to area. It was impossible to study uh, to study those um, mountain ranges, especially. Um, hiding beneath sea ice formations so you have to consider most of that ocean is just covered in um, in, in, in big sea ice but now since we have uh, robotic technologies we actually can go um, much further than uh, we did uh, years before but now comes the most recent um, um, encounter a discover a discovery um, and that's actually between Jan Mayen and Svalbard and um, just in, in uh, 2008 that was the first time that was discovered um, a mountain range which they figured out is a volcanic one 1500 kilometers long um, a chain of mountains off the coast of Svalbard and uh, between Svalbard uh, and Jan Mayen and it's basically following the mid-atlantic ridge um which goes through Jan Mayen and passes between Svalbard and East Greenland and uh they actually don't really know much about that they are currently do doing a lot of um research there and it's always referred to like a, like a moon landing in the deep sea so they um just touch uncharted territory they just go into an area where they barely have maps about the seafloor and uh this discovery actually and that's very very interesting it comprises hundreds of volcanoes some just 20 meters below the sea surface and this is just amazing it's a highly active volcanic region which is just currently um discovered and it comprises hundreds of volcanoes it's just hilarious isn't that uh yes <laughs> this is hilarious scary um i'm i'm just uh while while you're talking about this i am i've just opened google maps on this area with between jan mayen and svalbard and if you go to the satellite map you get a, some sort of a representation of the ocean floor um but I, I wonder how accurate this is when you say there is new discoveries and I don't really know the data source for what's Google showing there. But it sure looks very interesting. And there is several ridges there and several mountains and things that can be seen. Um, again, I have no idea what the database is for those uh, for those pictures. It's are. also the, the question of how often do they update that. Exactly, you can actually yes. see... Um, between Jan Mayen um, and Svalbard, so basically the continuation of Jan Mayen is that mountain ridge, and we're talking exactly about that mountain. So, ridge, so it's it's this is, thing that that curves around uh, a bit and then ends exactly, up in the north of Svalbard. It's doing a left turn um, to to yes. um, the area between East Greenland, uh, Northeast Greenland, and uh, Svalbard. So that, that's the one we're we're referring to here. Okay, exactly. That's the the one we're referring to, um, and that's a very interesting thing because. It's um, going into the Fram Strait, which is the the only deep sea access to um, the Central Arctic Ocean, and um, that's a very uncharted territory. We just basically mm -hmm. know that there is a deep water channel, 
Um, but besides that, this is kind of the new uh, discovery. Bless you. So thank you. Excuse me. What's the what's <laughs> the what's the takeaway of this? Um, that there are just so many things we still don't know. Yes, um, uh, the takeaways are two things. Um, we have a lot to discover uh, in the Arctic and the melting sea ice, um, as much threat as it possesses, it also offers us possibility to research areas which haven't been researched before. The other thing is that um, whenever we think about um, the Arctic, we think about huge big pieces of ice and uh, very, very cold, it also can contain quite the opposite, uh, very, very hot and very explosive. And uh, this is pretty much the outcome out of today's episode. We can just see the active volcanoes um, lined up around the Arctic Ocean and um, constantly forming it. And just raising the awareness uh, for to everybody who's listening here that this is a very mysterious place and there's still a lot to be discovered. That's for sure. All right. So that... That concludes this episode, episode 61 of Curiously Polar, Ice and Flames. And uh, as usual, we are um, happy to, to chat. We're happy to interact. If you want to talk to us, then uh, Twitter is a good place to do that. Curiously Polar is our, uh, our name there. And uh, you have also different other ways to contact us. All that information is on our website at curiouslypolar.com. And we'll be back in a week with another interesting episode. Until then, take care. <laughs>